I'm Tony. And I'm Will. And welcome to another episode of Topophilia. A few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to host a live storytelling event at the Patagonia store in downtown Seattle. The theme of the evening was mentorship. We asked four individuals to share their stories of mentorship in outdoor spaces. We really enjoyed the chance to connect in person with some of our listeners, and it was a really fun and powerful experience to hear stories told live. But if you weren't able to join us, don't worry. Over the next few weeks, we'll be releasing each speaker's story as a standalone episode. Whether you're listening for the first time or reliving the experience, we hope these stories resonate with you as much as they do for us. Settle in for part one as we introduce you to Mark Ursino. Yeah, so we run Tobophilia Podcast, which is a podcast about place, uh, the people who care for them, and the things we like to do in them. And yeah, thank you, random stranger in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> And really this started as a side project for us just to, I think, invest more in ideas we care about and to kind of hold ourselves responsible, actually, for what we talk about. Um, and we talk a lot about spending time outside and what that means. And time and time again, we came back to uh, who we got outside with, which led us to this, this idea of mentorship. And so we're really excited to be here with you guys to talk about what that means to be a mentor or to be a mentee and how important that is for getting outside and enjoying um, the spaces we care about. Um, so first up, we have Mark Ursino. Mark is the founder of Recovery Beyond, which is a nonprofit that works with uh, folks struggling with addiction. And Mark's solution to this problem is to bring them into the mountains. Uh, specifically, for the last 12 years, they've taken a group up to Rainier, which is a pretty uh, like miraculous kind of trip to take some folks on who are probably pretty new to all that. And Recovery Beyond really believes that uh, the kind of factors that go into mountaineering, so teamwork, um, companionship, supportive you know, nature, all of that is a great way to sort of get out of the struggle of addiction and, and kind of overcome that obstacle. Um, so without further ado, we'll bring Mark up here and he'll tell you more about his work. Thanks, guys. Um, people who knew me uh, wouldn't have pegged me as an adventurer until I were one. Uh, I got started in doing outdoor stuff uh, late, relatively late in life. I claimed Mount Rainier for the first time when I was 36. And it was supposed to be a one-time kind of a deal with my best friend Don. Only Don hurt his knee on the way up to Camp Muir, so he didn't summit that time. So then it turned into a two-time deal. And then once we'd both done it, we kind of decided we kind of liked this stuff. How do we keep doing it and doing it safely? Because uh, we had wives that weren't really happy that we were up on mountains anyway. And we had to convince them that we could do it and not kill ourselves, or at least not on purpose. Um, so we started taking uh, courses on Mount Rainier in mountaineering to learn how to do this stuff right. And in the course of that, I made friends with a guide from uh, at that time worked for Rainier Mountaineering, and he became my mentor. Uh, worked me through a lot of things, took some extra time to uh, meet with me at Paradise and do some hiking up to Camp Muir and along the way show me the ropes. And for me, it, it meant a lot to have somebody take that interest in me and to show me the ropes. And for me, it was the best way to learn because uh, mentoring is what I call just-in-time learning. You, you learn what you need to learn when you need to do it. Um, it it's, and it's hard to, to 
do it out of a book or I've done some classroom stuff and some dry demos, you know, done crevasse rescue in a cabin. Um, not the same. Uh, so that, and then that's when getting me into the big mountains, Jason called me up one day and he said, I'm putting together a team to climb Denali. I'd like you to be on it. She's Jason, I'm not that kind of a climber. I mean, you know, I climb around here and do stuff. And he says, no, I think you'd be good at it. So again, part of being a mentor is seeing something in the folks that you're mentoring that they may not see for themselves. You know, I never would have considered that as a possibility for me if Jason hadn't reached out and said, yeah, you can do this thing. So I did that, and I sold it to my family as being my one big adventure of a lifetime. I lied. <laughs> it got me started into a whole bunch of stuff. But then I started bringing some of my brothers into climbing as well. So then I started to switch from being the mentee to the mentor. And uh, I told my brother Jeff and my brother Brian, I said, okay, I'm gonna take you guys up Mount Rainier, but you're gonna have to climb uh, Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood, and Mount Adams with me first to prove to me that you can do it, and then we'll, then we'll go. So we, we did uh, St. Helens, that was fine. Did Hood, that was fine. I have a real love-hate relationship with that mountain, <laughs> but, but we did it. And then on Mount Adams is where I started to learn something about mentoring that I hadn't learned before, and that is that even though people are looking at you as a mentor, they don't always believe everything you tell them. <laughs> and so we were, we were going up Adams. It, it's one of these iffy days. The weather was so-so, not too sure which way it was gonna go. And there were very few people on the mountain. So I was starting to feel kind of insecure because we were, we'd started out at the front of the pack and halfway up the mountain, we were at the back of the pack. And, and we kept giving Brian tips on doing the rest step and how to breathe and how so we could move a little more quickly. And he just said, no, I got it, I got it. I can keep going, I can keep going. I said, Brian, you don't get it. You need to go faster. No, I got it, I got it. So finally we get to about the last break before the fall summit. I don't, and so my friend John and I, we're, we're leading this thing. My brother Jeff and Brian were coming up behind us. And we sit down on our packs, John and I, and we're waiting and watching Jeff and I, Brian come up. And finally I said, Brian, here's the deal. It's getting late. We don't have a lot of support on the mountain. Everybody's going down. Don't know what the weather's going to do. Time on the mountains, energy on the mountain. And we can't keep going at this pace. So here's what's going to happen. John and I are going to head to the head on up. When we get to the fall summit, we're going to wait for five minutes, and then we're going to drop our packs and go to the real to the true summit. If when you and Jeff get up there, all you find are my are our packs, that's your summit for today. You're not going any further. And Brian looks up and he says, "Can you show me that rest step again?" <laughs> By putting something at stake. I created a request for that coaching that he had dismissed before. So sometimes when you're mentoring, you have to actually put the really hard carrot out there on specific things. 
But um, some of the things that, that I learned in my early mentoring is the best way to master things is to teach it. If you can teach it, you're going to master it. And also what I found what's interesting is, is when mentoring people, leading trips out in the outdoors, it gets me out of my own head. You know, I'm not really built as a climber. Climbers are built more like you, you know, long and lanky. I'm a brick. Bricks don't climb mountains usually. So I have these conversations that go on and say, I really ought not be here. Um, but I get out of that conversation when I'm worried about other people and how they're doing, bringing them along. But the most meaningful mentoring that I've done has been through the Recovery Beyond uh, program and climbing out. Working with these folks that are uh, homeless and addicted, getting over their addictions. And what's interesting is a lot of them have never even been out of the city. Get them out on Mount Hood on a moonless night, and they see those stars for the first time. It's awesome. You get them out, out of the city and up to paradise for the first time. I had one guy say, you know, dude, I don't care if I climb this mountain. I mean, where you've gotten me so far. I mean, I've never been any place like this. This is paradise to me. And, you know, as, for as long as I've done this stuff, uh, you know, it does start to get kind of routine, especially when you get, you know, this is not, for the most part, an older group, but when you start to get older and you can't push the boundaries anymore, um, it starts to get fairly routine until you're mentoring somebody else. And then you see it all over again, brand new, through their eyes. For the first 25 years of my climbing career, every time I got to a summit, I cried. And then I noticed I wasn't crying anymore until I started climbing with these guys. So anyway, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Wow, listening to that for a second time, I'm still blown away by how much passion and emotion Mark has for his work and how much you can hear it in his voice. It's comforting to know that individuals like Mark are so committed to the art of mentorship and the positive influence it can have on others. You can learn more about Mark and his work at recoverybp.org. And tune in next time for more stories of mentorship.